0: This is episode 53 with my special guests, Rich and Rob Drew. These brothers started a ride series in 2015, and they continue on today to go to community to community, city to city, to really help teach the fundamentals of the mountain bike based on all of their experience as professional riders in the mountain bike race world. These two brothers have a plethora of information and just have this passion to teach fellow riders the right ways and the wrong ways to progress if you haven't got a chance take a listen at the rideseries.com and see if they'll be in an area close to you and see if you can join for some of their skills clinic before we dive into this podcast i always love to say thank you to the supporters of the show first and foremost thank you to yt industries YT, live uncaged. If you're looking for a bike or you're upgrading to a new bike, consider looking at YT. They have you covered from the Izzo, the Jeffsy, the Capra, the Tuez, and if you're looking for an e-bike, that's right, they also have the decoy. YT, live uncaged. Also, special thank you to Tasco, Tasco MTB Apparel. Nike has it for the athletes and we have it here as mountain bikers with Tasco. If you see me on the trails, you usually will find me in some kind of Tasco apparel, mostly my gloves and especially the scout shorts. I love those shorts for riding in and they even come in a new reprieve type, which is made from recycled water bottles. So very green and very friendly, but also very comfortable for when you're out on the trails. Thank you to Tasco. If you do, Click on the link in my description. It is an affiliate link, and you will be supporting the channel if you happen to purchase something from Tasco. Next up is Spy Optic. Thank you so much, Spy Optic, for your support of the segment channel. If you find something you want from spyoptic.com, put in promo code SENDER10 and get 10% off of your purchase. Again, promo code SENDER10 for 10% off of your purchase. And I love Spy's happy tech. Technology when it comes to their lenses, both in the goggles and in the lifestyle eyewear. And last but not least, if you find yourself looking for some coffee, thank you so much to the creators of Kapoo Coffee. Mr. Eric, thank you for your support. Cold brew coffee with Kapoo. You cannot go wrong. Win your moment with Kapoo Coffee. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the special guests, Rob and Rich Drew all right what's up everybody welcome back to the segment podcast man fresh off of sedona and holy cow i haven't even washed my bike yet because i love that red dirt that's on there i think i'll cry when i when i watch that bike had such a good time so many people that sedona mountain bike fest if you guys and girls haven't had a chance to go that is such an amazing experience everywhere you go it's beautiful to look all the trails are so much fun Youtubers everywhere, mountain bikers everywhere, pro riders. I mean, people of all levels. People that are just starting. In fact, ran into our guests tonight while uh, we were getting ready to do Highline. I saw Mr. Rich Drew and his squad pulling up to the base of Highline, and uh, he had a really cool group that he was with. So, cannot wait for him to share that story. Before we get into it, want to say some say what's up to some of the folks in the audience. What's up, Air Blair? We see you. Welcome back to SoCal. We missed you guys. <laughs> SART. I, I know, Blair. We got to get on that SART ride for sure. Subliminal messages as always. What's up, my brothers and sisters? Octodad, Marty Richards, dude, all the way from New Zealand. What time is it in New Zealand? It is so good to see you on the show. Always love it. Alpha MTB, I see you. What's up? What's up? Um, Alpha MTB says hiding at work just to listen to the segment podcast. All right, man, we try. We'll try not to uh, be too loud, but uh, stoked that you're watching from work. Thank you so much for tuning in. Tim, what's going on, buddy? What's going on? Everyone, Tim Haley says. And uh, oh, look at this. Crisco bike. But where was Dusty Betty? Bro, I never saw Dusty Betty. I couldn't get the selfie. However, for the folks that didn't see the Instagram live, I was cruising around the, the festival with my phone. I was going live and Ace, Mr. Uh, Chris Gawike says, if this really is a live, can you have somebody rub their belly? And if you didn't get a chance to take a look at that live, that part was hilarious. I was really uncomfortable. And uh, yeah, we had some people rubbing their bellies there. That was that was really fun. Debbie Keo, producer Debbie Keo, what's up all? Good to see you. And you are also at work. Holy cow. I love that everyone's at work <laughs> while we're doing this. All right. Folks, without further ado, I do want to go ahead and get the guests on the show out here. They're doing a phenomenal job in the mountain bike community. Uh, They have a ride series in which these two gentlemen are helping mountain bikers get better at their skills, whether it's jumping rolls, drops, techniques, whatever it is. These guys are out there really teaching it up, and I'm so excited to have them on the show tonight. Without further ado, Mr. Rich and Rob Drew. What's up, boys? Hey, buddy hey, everybody. <laughs> Rich and Rob, good to see you guys. So, you guys are trying, to you. driving down to Southern California, you're pulled over to a Starbucks in in Palm Springs. I love yes. it.
1: Yes, yes, we are. And, and Crisco Bike, I love it. $4.99 with the super chat right there. Well done, dude. Thank well you. And bike. I have something for Crisco Bike, um, Dusty Betty, also known as Tess is a ride series graduate. So both her and her husband have come through the ride series. Awesome.
0: Very
2: cool. Yeah, Sorry you missed people.
0: Very cool. So Ace really wanted to have a selfie. So if you have them, if you know them, if if they could give a shout out to Crisco Bike, that would fulfill his checklist. He has a checklist of things. Yeah, Crisco Bike is his Instagram. Or you can send it to me and I'll send it over to him as well. But. Yeah, dude, won- we're going to be up there over Thanksgiving. So we'll hook up with yeah, them. We'll and ride with we'll them and get a, legit a legit shout out. Yeah. Dude, there you go. AC, that super chat was seen and that request was heard. <laughs> so, boys, like this show really dives into you guys as mountain bikers. And for the folks who follow you and are fans of you, how did this whole thing start? And uh, then we could also plug in which brother is more talented? Um,
2: that's a difficult question because we we have different pretty different skill sets let's
1: wait we're going to build that one up and we'll answer it (laughs) towards the end of the hour how's that
0: this is Um, i love it
1: i'll give you the quick backstory so we both grew up in southern california uh, in the san Fernando valley rob i know he looks much older but he's only seven years older than me and when I was five, he was already racing BMX at a pretty high level. So that's when I started racing BMX. We transitioned into riding motocross as most young BMX riders do in Southern, Southern California. California yeah. And so he raced motocross at a pretty high level. I was a decent amateur rider, but we always rode mountain bikes. And then, um, you know, life kind of got in the way. We, we moved to Phoenix and I went to high school and college there. Long story short, Rob got into it, started riding at South Mountain in Phoenix And he had an extra bike and he sent it out to me and so this was late 2013 so at the beginning of 2014 i went to the bike shop and i saw a flyer for a cross-country race and just figured man i got to do this and i went and did it i raced cat two instead of cat three got destroyed and then to keep a long story not quite as long about six months later i did my first pro cross-country race and got seventh i got seventh out of 50. And um, that's when everybody started asking, dude, how is this possible? Like you just started riding. And I told them, no, I've been riding my whole life. I'm, I'm good at riding. I just didn't have the fitness. So that was the genesis of the ride series. And, and Rob has a similar story. I'll, I'll let him tell that.
0: Wow.
2: Yeah, I started, I, I had a professional motocross career that ended in injury. And uh, when I turned 40, I was a little heavy looking for something to do to stay in shape. And somebody suggested the mountain bike. So I got a bike, started riding it and uh and you had it, it kind of came to me really nicely you know like they say you never forget riding a bike and uh in 2015 i decided to go check out the big mountain enduro because rich and i had talked about competing in that series the following year and i was able to win a master's championship in 2015 wow. back it up with another one in 2016 and suddenly you know we were both we were both mountain bikers
0: wow you yeah. guys started a little bit later than than like the traditional mountain bikers, but you had some of the skill sets to bring into the sport. We had a lot. Yeah, yeah, we had a lot. I think the background really helped. BMX,
1: motocross, and we'd ridden mountain bikes quite a bit. We just never thought about racing. So mm-hmm. enduro, and I rode Pro Cross Country for three years, but enduro was more <laughs> what I was. So 2017, I won the Southern Enduro Tour. So it was a great year for me. I won every race, and... Um, Rob signed a deal with factory pivot in 17, 17. And then I, I signed for 18 and 19. So for 18 and 19, we were both factory pivot riders racing together. And that was, that was pretty awesome.
0: That, that was awesome. Now as, as brothers, did you guys, were you guys traveling to the same events together? So were you able to feed off of each other and help each other with, with the, the races or were you in different events within the races or how did that work? we sometimes rode different classes um sometimes
1: we'd ride pro together sometimes i'd ride pro he'd ride masters and then later in our careers we both rode masters but yeah i can tell you i definitely fed off of him for wisdom during the race because I'd, i'd get a little bit up here so yeah it was fun especially when we rode in 2019 we raced the big mountain enduro series together and you know the plan was to battle for a championship And we were doing that three races in, we were neck and neck and talk about a great segue. This guy decided to crash and actually break his neck. And so that, that kind of, yeah, it was pretty
2: bad. Yeah. 2019, 2019 was a rough year for me, but thankfully I was able to recover.
0: Yeah. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. A lot of people cross that bridge and it's a different outcome for, for others. What happened that day? Do you remember what it was? Yeah, I was. I was doing,
2: uh, we had we'd just come back from Winter Park and I'd been riding the Mach 5.5. I was on 27.5 wheels and I went out to do a, a training ride with one of my other teammates and I jumped on my Switchblade, which is a 29er. And about 15 minutes in, I went to, to do double up off some embedded rocks. And the timing, my timing was, was kind of figured for the smaller bike. And so I caught all the rock when I didn't intend to and I was going like 30 miles an hour, and it just sent oh. me straight over the bars. Oh. I remember passing the critical angle of attack, knowing that it was gonna end badly and then waking up on the ground.
0: Wow. Did you know right when you woke up on the ground that something was wrong or? Well, I broke my
2: I broke my neck, my back, my collarbone, and my arm. And so Jeez. I knew my arm and my collarbone were broke and, and I had a lot of pain, but I got oh, up really. and walked about three miles to what? get out of where we were yeah. and I didn't realize till I got to the hospital and they did a CT scan how bad it was and then they admitted me into the hospital and it was it was pretty touch and go at that point.
0: Wow damn Rob you walked three miles out with a broken back and neck Jesus yeah five, five vertebrae on my back and one in my neck holy cow well I'm glad you're here I'm glad you're recovered yeah. but was, how was the bike? literally
2: not a scratch on the bike bike not a scratch (laughs)
0: Bike was good damn so drew were you with rob when this happened or was this
1: no this was a training ride so i moved bentonville arkansas in 2018 and so rob still lives in phoenix so we we raced at winter park had a great race went our separate ways, and that happened on a training ride on monday i got it i got you wow so no i mean I, i didn't I didn't get to be there, and it was tough for me because the next race uh, was in Telluride, and you know, talk about feeding off of your brother being there. I was spun
2: out. Yeah, like there was a lot I, of negative energy coming his way. I was so. That
1: happened. The the race started, and I almost didn't race. Like I literally, wow. I had pre ride, and I just thought I shouldn't do this. And I I was going up the lift. And I just, I couldn't help it. I just, I just started crying and uh, oh, I actually pulled my phone out and got on Instagram and I just kind of tried to talk myself through it, figuring maybe if I can get some of it out, I'll feel better. And it's really weird. I just, I went up and I just said, you know, I just, I got to do what I'm here to do. And, um, it was a very odd first run and I just wasn't feeling right. And I came down after that stage and I was kind of sitting there thinking, should I go? Cause it's a big pedal out. And Brandon Onaveros, the director of BME, came walking up to me, shaking his head. And he's like, dude, you just smashed that stage. Like, you won by however many seconds. And I don't know, it was like a light switch. Just from there, I thought, nah, it's the time. Let's go. Let's go do it. That's what Rob would want.
0: Wow. That's incredible. So did you, when you were not feeling it, was it was it the feeling that your brother isn't there? You weren't sure what his recovery was going to be like? Is that is that what was... Yeah. Your- yeah
1: it was it was a lot of things I mean I, I haven't hidden the fact that I'm a pretty emotional guy and for me it was just tough because we were doing it
2: together um and we, and we had was, intended to do it together in 2016 yeah. and so our our paths just diverged and we were both doing big things on the bike but it was it was not till 2019 that we were going to do the whole series we were going to race each other and we we really we prepared long and hard and and we had high hopes for that season, and I just ruined everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was it was difficult, but
1: you know, I I dealt with it, and we came into the final round in Aspen, and I had no idea, but him and his wife actually drove up and surprised us. I showed up oh, at, my at my turtle, our house in my turtle shell. Oh, yeah, he came. Oh he he, all, he had the turtle shell on, and yeah, so I I came out of the house, and he was there, so. That was pretty amazing to have him there. My parents were there. Everybody was there for the final round. I was battling for a championship, so it was awesome.
0: That is a great way to bat, to go into that stage. Now, did they show up? Did Rob? Did you show up before the race or after the or after I the up race? Before the
2: race. Um, oh. So uh, we we showed up at the house. We were we were also at the time. Uh, We had had a program we'd initiated called the YARD program, which is an acronym for uh, Young Aspiring Rider Development. And we had a couple of kids with us and their families. And so everybody was staying in a big house. And my wife and I showed up at that house. And and everybody was still getting their stuff out of the car. And so they made an excuse telling Rich he had to come out and get something. And I was out front. Yeah, it was great. I surprised them.
1: Of course, everybody was recording it. And I just came out. So it was pretty amazing
0: dude, what a great story. And oh, obviously yeah. the, the recovery was good. And how did that how did that race end up for you that, that next day?
1: It, it was a great race. I had a blast, but I hit something on one of the stages and blew up a rear wheel and broke a derailleur. Oh. And so just like that, it was over. But honestly, I would not have won. Um, the guy who won the championship, his name's Mike West. The guy's a legend, uh, amazing rider, and he he had me covered. I won a couple stages, but he had me covered. We did the big stage down Aspen, and I think it took me almost 16 minutes on that stage, and and he put almost a minute on me in that stage. That's how good this guy is. Wow. That's, that's fast. Jeez. But, I mean, I, I had a great season. Um, I won big at Big Sky. Big Sky was a big two-day race that nobody had been, and I had the race of my life, and I won that race. So I kind of hung my hat on that for the year. But I had so much fun. It was, it that, was great. Except for awesome. him crashing, it was amazing.
0: Yeah, what a year. Man, that was like right there on the verge of the whole COVID thing too and, and things yeah. getting all blown up. But uh oh, yeah. wow, what a crazy story. What a crazy story. What a great way to end the season, having your brother there.
2: Oh, yeah, it was awesome. That's yeah, It was, It was so great because – I've raced with Big Mountain several seasons. I'm a multi-time champion with them. And so they were aware of my injuries and there was a lot of concern. And so when I showed up, it was just, even though I, I wasn't able to race and stuff, it was so fantastic to get the support from everybody and that was really helpful in my recovery as well.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That must have felt good to be around that energy, it which did. was. Oh, that's yeah. great. Oh, that's awesome. Um, a couple of folks here in the audience that just listening to that story, um, you said we had a question here from uh, Octo Daddy. Says, "How many master racers are there at American Enduros?" So when I, was,
2: when I was racing regularly in 15, 16, 17, there would, there would always be at least 40 guys, uh, sometimes sometimes over 50 competitors in that division. So there's, I mean, if you, if you go to your local trails and you look around, there's a lot of over 40, right? Uh, a lot of people come to it later in life. And so, uh, you know, some of those people who, who have been high-level athletes or competitors earlier in their life, uh, you know they can they can light that they can light that candle again in uh, enduro racing and so we you make some amazing friends and you have a lot of fun and and that division was always very competitive and and very fun
0: that's man over 40 that's uh that's great that's that's that makes it very competitive in a in a fun way oh, yeah. um scouts out here was listening to your story just now rob drew he says man that's brutal totally totally <laughs> Yeah. Um, Chris go is saying, but the singing voice is okay. Oh, you're probably picking that up in the background. I'm sorry. I hope oh. it's
1: terrible.
0: I'm sorry. everybody. <laughs> no, no. I thought he was referring to one of you guys might, might sing on the, uh, the old YouTube there or something every now and again. Oh, nice. Not yet. Um, I guess if it gets bad enough, I'll start singing. <laughs> my, my broadcast voice is intact yeah there we go there we go we got uh trail dogs around the house they said howdy what's up trail dog uh, another big here? yeah another big group here the bomber crew mtb says what what up what's up these, bomber uh,
2: crew what's happening bomber crew
0: these guys are uh vet, veterans who started this group and they just had a group ride last sunday over 100 people showed up for that for the veterans day ride
1: that's very, awesome
0: very very cool yeah that's
1: that's a good group that's a group that we like to work with when we get the opportunity
0: yeah speaking of might as well that's a great segue so you guys were were racing 2019 and then you got the inspiration for the for the ride series uh rob it sounded like you were working with some kids uh, also in 2019 and and now you guys are out there traveling and tell us what you guys are doing out there now this this ride series
1: yeah, it started in 2015, and we've steadily grown it uh, over the years. And I, I, it's a little bit more unique, I think, as a program because basically you're looking at it. Um, in the five-plus years that we've been doing it, we haven't scaled it because essentially the product is he and I and the experiences that we just talked to you about. So our take on it is when you come to one of our clinics – Everything that we talk to you about, we have extensive experience. So that is a very important element of it is the ability to, I think, ride at a high level, but then also convey the why and the how, bring in physics and gravity. Yeah. And we've done well. You know, it's a program that we, we pour our heart and souls into. And, you know, we're, we're in a pretty big growth phase right now. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's fun. It's fun to do, it's something that's needed, especially now with the growth of the community. And again, our program, we got a big giant trailer and we go and we bring all the implements out. So we set up in a big grass field and we try to provide an environment for people that's free of impediments that helps them build confidence.
0: That's, that is awesome. And what oh, uh, Trail Dogs here is saying, long time subscriber to the channel guys, your YouTube channel is inspiration and super informative your how to drive video was game-changing for me. <laughs> I love a lot that. Of
2: controversy around that video. ton of controversy. That series of videos
0: I should well, say. Yeah. Really? So, T- tell us what, what yeah. did say?
1: You know, it, it, it was funny because when I made it, and again, let me preface with, I don't call myself a YouTuber. I'm, I'm not completely invested in YouTube because teaching is our, our main business. That's what we mm-hmm. do. But thankfully we have the platform that we can make the YouTube videos. But we essentially, I made the video And the gist of it was get down to the ground, like get the bike down quickly. And everybody ripped me apart and talked about, you know, GMBN says you have to manual and so and so says you have to load and hop. And I disagreed. And I said, I don't do that. So you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of controversy around it. And that was my that was my introduction to how literally you can be taken on YouTube and how much vitriol can be contained in the comment section.
0: Yeah, that comment section can be pretty toxic. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> hey, Nick, look at this guy. What's up, Nick? Nick. Hey, yeah. we're going to see you speaking, this weekend. Speaking of Nick, thank you, Nick, for for the connection. Yes. I told,
1: I, I said, Nick, hook this up. So yeah. That Nick yeah. is all right. I don't care what you Nick's, say about him. Nick's a rat. Nick. <laughs> so yeah, the, the program, it's, it's been growing a lot. It's Rob and I, we have an intern named Caleb. Um, one of my best friends named Andy comes out and, and helps us coach periodically, but we're kind of at a crossroads now where we're going to need to bring in people that can at some point take over for us because Bentonville is a very unique place and, um, I was asked to to show somebody in his family around, and his name was Ken Luesberg. Uh, You probably don't know Ken's name, but you know the company he's the CEO of. It's called SRAM. Oh, so yeah. I, I took Ken around. We had a great time. And Ken asked if we could come out and do clinics for their North American offices. And so we did that. One of the people that went through was a man named Bill True. Bill, Bill's client at SRAM is Trek. So, oh, long story short, Bill said Trek needs this, and so essentially, SRAM funded three days of clinics for a Trek store in Tennessee. And so we recently did that; it was amazing. That's and so amazing. now we're in this area where we're not quite sure what's going to happen next. There's a lot of talk, but we're getting ready to grow a little bit more, and
2: it's exciting. Yeah. It's about to have a growth spurt, we're hoping. Yeah,
0: yeah, that sounds exciting. It's all. It sounds like it's all set up, ready to to take off for that for that next chapter for you guys.
1: Yeah, it's just a matter of how quickly we can do it because, again, the product is us, and I don't know a way to clone us yet. So what we have to do (laughs) is we're working on that technology. (laughs) We have to find somebody that's a good writer uh, and that can also convey the message. Mm. So that's the piece that's very difficult is we talked about all those experiences that we've had. It's hard to find somebody that has those experiences but can also speak very well.
0: Mm right yeah that's a that could be a dilemma for sure because especially when it's something you guys have been working for since 2015 you need the right person in place oh yeah so 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 definitely. Oh, yeah. um nick is also saying um rich you all right too even though you ride a man pink bike <laughs> nick knows it's coral dune <laughs>
2: it's so pink. It's coral it's so pink. <laughs> okay, so since
0: now since 2019 didn't finish the way you guys wanted it, it still finished off great. You guys were ultimately going to compete against each other at the end. Um who do you think would have how close are you guys in to, in the times? Let me answer this. Uh, let me answer this. <laughs> We're we're
1: very close and I, I, I have a very good answer for this. Okay. I I will go faster. I'll go faster for the most part. He's technically is a superior rider to me. I have no problem saying that.
0: Wow, good answer. Rob, when it
2: comes, to, when it comes to, to all out speed racing, he, he had speed. me covered. He had me covered. I'll admit that. <clears throat> um if if there was a a contest for technical proficiency I think I could edge him out but uh, I would give him I would give him the nod on who's the better rider between the two of us
0: I love it I love it I think that's why you guys make such a great ride series clinic because you're getting the best of the both worlds combined when you're teaching these folks yeah. how to ride It's
1: definitely a very good compliment with he and I uh, He's much more technical has much more of an engineering mindset and so he brings that. I'm a little bit more entertaining, and I think that's my gift.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Alpha M T B says, definitely see the need for what you guys do. Lots of new riders getting out there and usually only have a vet rider friend to follow. It gets kind of dicey.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly can be. Yeah, Yeah. so what we found and, and and what we've heard talking to some of the industry people is, uh, you know, COVID created a boom in people buying bikes and getting into riding, but there, there hasn't really been uh, a way that when you buy your bike at the bike store, you get any skills included with it. And so many of those riders might have a terrible experience their first time out because it is inherently dangerous. And so our objective is to try to give those people Uh, some skills and some confidence so that they can go out and improve their riding experience safely and become cyclists, uh, become people who will buy another bike and buy more parts and, and contribute to this community that we all love
0: yeah well said I, I feel like that's a that's a well said thing i mean when i first got a, a bike i'm a covid rider i started in april of 2020 and i had no idea where to go and they pointed me to greer ranch and i got up there and i was like uh, a lot of I don't think, <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> there's like a lot of <laughs> i didn't know what to do so i found myself on on double d just trying to figure it out But had I had lessons before I went out there, it would have changed the game and the progression right off the bat. Oh yeah, some skin would have saved some skin. (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah. Trail Dogs is asking a question, Um, so I'm a little late. Is your clinic coming out to California? Good question. We're we're here. We're 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 here. Yeah, California.
1: California. This weekend we'll be in Murrieta. Uh, It's Copper Canyon Park. There are still some spots open on Saturday, not Sunday. Sunday's sold out, but if you go to the rideseriesmtv.com, you can see that. And so I, we usually close the events on Thursdays, but we've kept it open until Friday, till tomorrow afternoon. So, yeah, if you go to the rideseriesmtv.com or just Google the ride series, it'll pop up. And yes, there are still spots open for Saturday. So, we would love to have some people come out
0: excellent and for those of you who are in the area the copper canyon park is off of clinton keith you basically exit the 15 head west on clinton keith this park has a ton of big grassy areas which are going to be extremely important for what these guys are are teaching
1: yeah we're using a softball field we got the whole outfield of the softball field so yeah we're going to be
0: using all that yeah that's awesome. There's actually um, local knowledge here. There's actually at the softball field, if you go up towards the tables, there's a tiny little single track that just runs down, and there's a jump that you can jump over the sidewalk into the grass field. So there's like oh, a cool. there's like a little build jump there for you guys to have jump, as well. Jump demo. Sunday, yeah.
1: we're going to be using that big grass field that's on the east side. Nice. So Saturday,
0: somebody's using that, so we can't use it, but we'll get there Sunday got it that's going to be yeah. great that's going to be great yeah. trail doc says awesome hope to see you there i love it come on yeah trail docs has got a, a a big group and maybe um aaron or isaiah if this one of you guys maybe you can blast it out because how many spots do you guys have left for saturday? uh i'd have to look at the
1: numbers sunday's full sunday is the jump session that filled up pretty quickly but uh saturday we have a 201 and a 301 and i think there are a decent amount of spots still open for both of those
0: okay so so check it out the, at the Ride series mtv.com and yes. uh for the folks that are on here now uh trail dog if you wouldn't mind just blasting that out to the community and see if we could fill these slots because be awesome. sounds awesome. yeah it. It, sound, it sounds like with the bentonville thing we don't know the next time we'll have an opportunity to take advantage of your wisdom here locally. Your,
1: yeah we travel all over i mean we we do a lot of events in phoenix uh we did a big midwest swing so we went indianapolis chicago uh wisconsin minnesota so next year we'll be traveling quite a bit more and i'm assuming that we'll be back in southern california but we're still working through some behind the scenes logistics but we should be we should be able to make it happen
0: awesome another big uh, mountain bike group here in southern california is called transcend mtb Uh, i know it Yes, one of their I know it. I'm on
1: Transcend. Yeah, Nick's like, dude, you got to get on Transcend. Yeah, um, I dig it. I, I love. It seems like a really rad community, and I love all of the conversation starters that people put up. Like there was one recently about strength training off the bike. I'm really big about that, so I dig that stuff. I I like that people are looking at things off the bike to help them be better on the bike.
0: Yeah, yeah. Make that experience on the bike worth it. Holy cow, we got another super chat here coming in from Trail Monster nice uh, thanks
1: trail monster heck yeah trail monster
0: trail monster says hi mark rich and rob you guys going to be at next sedona fest Absolutely. the one this past yeah. weekend was great that's right trail monster was there yeah yeah we will definitely be there that's
1: one that's always on our list because it's close it's to close rob to me and i have a bunch of friends that live
2: up there yeah it's and, just easy uh, yeah we, we love that place yeah
1: the no. the the hot go so bike the um uh, the plan right now is to do a couple weeks in Florida at the beginning of February, then come to Phoenix, do another event in Phoenix at the end of February and then go up to the mountain bike fest. Boise nice. is tentatively scheduled next year. Chris go bike. Uh, um, yeah, want to get up there and ride. Oh, and it's, we also it's want selfish. To yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and Boise's on the list. It's probably going to be late summer like early fall that's where it's slotted in right now but we should know i would say in another three weeks we'll have a much better idea we have some things going on behind the scenes that we're trying to work through and once we get those all sorted out we'll have a better idea
0: nice that'll be great um looks like uh Transcend's gonna throw it on the page for you guys and getting them spots filled oh, so thank awesome. you so much that's awesome Thank you, awesome. Transcend. I think that's representative of 4,000 different writers right there. And then yeah, uh, they, have dogs a, they got a big it. group. Yeah, they, they sure do. They sure do.
1: Another thing, too, I think that would be great, too, that we're trying to do is part of it. You know, we talked a little bit about this backstage, but trying to find ways to give back a little bit more to the community. And I know there's a huge vet population in the Southern California area. It's all mm-hmm. over the country. But um, that's something that we have been pretty passionate about. So the hope is that we can build a presence in the Southern California area. And then as we move forward, find ways to help give back to the trail system, to some of those local groups, because when we're there, if we have multiple weekends booked, we're going to stay in between. And that gives us a great opportunity to work with the local community.
0: I love it. Bomber crew. If you're listening to this, this could be great for, for your guys's group as well. Um, here's, I'm throwing up a picture right now from Instagram, uh, yes. this is, uh, rich and Rob working with, uh, first responders and veterans. Tell us a little bit about the focus here. So this was the sheepdog impact assistance
1: group. And so one of our sponsors, my wife and I is junk brands. So junk brands is based in Bentonville and sheepdog has a big presence just south of Bentonville. So they actually were able to connect us. And it was something that was pretty transformative because I really can't imagine what these people have been through, you know, the, the trauma that they're dealing with on a daily basis, I won't even pretend to understand what it's like, but to see what being on the bike does to them and for them, it's just a very powerful thing. So for us to have a platform to play any role on that is, it's important and it's something that we want to do.
0: That's so great that you guys are doing that and giving back and it, it's true, I mean I, I had the bomber crew on here and uh, one of their big things is just helping people fight PTSD depression, anxiety and getting on the bike just has a way to bring you into the present moment.
2: It's an amazing then, distraction uh, <laughs> because it it, it it consumes all your senses when you're when you're doing it well yeah
0: yeah yeah and the stoke and the camaraderie that you get um so man love that you guys are doing that and then as far as on highline when you guys are at highline yes what was uh what was the group that you had out there tell us a little bit about that and i think i got those. yeah you can pull up that picture too
1: that was the minority mountain bikers so my man harry hill heads up that group and this is a rad story so uh, that's still the sheepdog. It's the one next to that. So Harry, um, he made a comment on a YouTube video and we, my wife and I talked a little bit about diversity and, um, there, there they goes. are. There they yeah. So if you can, can you get the second picture? The second picture is really important. So that post had two. that yep. right there. So let me tell you what, dude. I sat at that dinner table with those dudes for about three hours and that was some real talk. That was some real talk right there. And, you know, Harry sent a message on a YouTube video and, and said, look, dude, your platform, it's an opportunity to show some real diversity. And he and I engaged each other and he said, look, man, I got about eight guys that I ride with in DC. And I said, look, I'd love to have you come out. So come out. We'll do a day's worth of skills clinics with you. And then I'll spend, I'll take the next couple of days showing you all over. And he said, sweet, let's do it. And then about two weeks later, he calls me he says, dude, we got a problem. It's now 30 people. And I said, dude, that is not a problem. That's an opportunity. So 30 black men came into Bentonville, Bentonville, Arkansas, from all over the country. And a lot of them didn't even know each other. It's just word spread that we were going to do this this event, and everybody was welcome. And, dude, it was incredible. I mean, we just we had an amazing time. I'd never done a clinic for 30 people. Wow. And we were in the middle of Arkansas at this place called the Kohler Mountain Bike Preserve, kind of the crown jewel of Bentonville. And, you know, people are walking by. It's a very heavily area and it's predominantly white people. And they all came through and they saw us working with all these black men. And a lot of them stopped, thankfully, and asked the question that should be asked. They said, what's happening here? Like, this is amazing. And so it was a very powerful weekend. Um, we had some decent conversation and we said, we just we want to keep doing it. Let's do more. And. So the Sedona Mountain Bike Festival was a pretty easy thing to do.
0: Wow, that is very cool. Now, were these men mountain bikers already or was it a mixture?
1: Most of them them were, but what they're doing is they're trying to get more people of color on bikes. And one of the things that was talked about at, at this dinner table was, you just you don't see a lot of black people riding bikes. It's just not prevalent in that community. These guys love it. Like they've been all over the place yeah, to they ride. get
2: the same joy as you and I get out of it. And so yeah. the idea is if if more people of color can see themselves in the people they see, they might decide to try it. And then they'll experience the joy that we experience every time we ride the bike.
0: That's cool, man. Yeah, that is it's, so it's cool. Rad.
1: Yeah, they're just, they're rad dudes. And so our goal with Sedona was simple. It was just get out and ride. Like what you saw was exactly what we're after you and all your boys seeing our group together and saying, wow, dude, that's cool. Like right now you see a group of people that, that are people of color that are, that are different than he and I, and that's, that's unique. We just hope we can get to a a spot where it's not like you just, just people riding bikes, man, the bike doesn't know any different. Yep. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, the bike just knows there's a pilot up there. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that pilot needs some skill. You know, that's why they got to all come to the ride series. The
2: the joy of riding a bike has no prejudice. Yes. It's there for everybody, and we want to make sure they all get a chance to share
0: it. That is rad that you guys did that. And that's the squad that you guys had on Highline that day. Oh, um, yeah, dude. Some some of them were tested, bro. Some (laughs) of them were tested. (laughs) They all
1: wanted to do it, though.
0: Nice. Did you get them on some of those rock roll, those extra credit lines out there too? Not all of them. A couple of them were
1: like, it's a pretty big disparity in in skill level with the riders, but they're all super athletic and they're just all into it. So we were able to to do a lot with them at the clinic that we did in Bentonville. Mm -hmm. And so this April, we're shooting to do another event like that. And we're looking to double the number and actually bring in a group of women as well. That. So we're going to try to go really big with
0: this one. That's cool, boys. Yeah. That's really cool. I'm just looking at uh, Tony Tony RO 69. His uh, his response there was, yes, Rich Drew, uh, you're doing God's work. Kudos to you, sir. As a minority mountain biker, I salute you and have even more respect for you.
1: That's cool. i tell you what. It's, you know, just Rob and I have talked about it a lot. We talked about it on the drive out here. To have an opportunity to do it, um, it's a blessing, man. It's just, it's something that. the the kind of the way we were brought up if you can do something if it's in your power you do it and it's simple what we're doing simple it's not a big deal and hopefully it motivates other people to play their role because i don't think we're the ones to spearhead this movement we just want to help. a
2: couple of older white guys yeah we're, we're we're unlikely advocates but yeah but we have an opportunity and we want to share yeah you know the bike's been amazing for both of us especially late in life and Everybody needs to experience it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Totally. I love it. You know, thankfully for COVID, for for writers like like me being a COVID writer, I probably would have missed out had yeah. this whole thing not happened. And uh you know, it'd be great
2: if COVID yeah. never happened, but this is definitely the additional people to experience bikes is definitely an upside, a silver lining. We just need to make sure that they get the right experience and they yes. get the best experience. Yeah. And it and it is a gateway to what what there is out there. Uh, to experience on the bike
0: yeah well said well said you already got uh, the bomber crew uh right here the military guys saying yes absolutely let's link up shoot us,
1: shoot us a message either on instagram um or you can even email info at the ride but yeah definitely send us a message because anything that we can do we want to do it and we're getting to be in a position where we can get a little bit more support and that makes it that much easier to do and we can love have a bigger impact
0: love it i love it uh transcend saying boom that's awesome come to a group ride we go big raffle off a spot at a clinic maybe yeah shoot, awesome.
1: hit me up send me a message let's figure it out um i'd love i'd love to make it happen we got to link my wife in she runs the businesses so she's the boss but
0: yeah. She's usually pretty good when I say we. I want to do those things. <laughs> That's great. MTB Raging's on the line. What's up, Craig? He says awesomeness, up, awesomeness to all that. MTB uh, Raging. Crisco is saying it's a well-known concern in the outdoor experience industry that minorities don't tend toward outdoor activities. He's saying, <laughs> yeah,
1: that was part of the conversation at that dinner table. Uh, it was very enlightening, and I think it's a conversation that needs to continue, and it needs to go deeper. And what I said at that dinner table was, I don't know how to solve this issue. And I I know there's a socioeconomic impact. There's a barrier of entry because mountain biking is a very expensive sport. Mm -hmm. But I know that simply showing more diversity and inclusion is a start. And so I think together, collectively, at the ground level, we can do that. Like you, I, everybody listening, we can do that. We can foster the diversity and the inclusion. And I think that'll speak to some of those companies at the top that can then affect
2: some more change. Yeah, yeah It'd be like the old head and shoulders commercial and they told two friends and they told two friends and so on and so on yeah. and so on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We well, guys are already making a dent in it. I mean, going from a small number to all of a sudden 30 and then the next one's going to be even bigger Yeah, and, uh, and it's out there on your platform.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool thing. They're a rad, rad group of dudes. We had a
0: blast. Octodad is saying, I'm encouraging my Fijian friends into MTB. I lend them my hard, my hardcore hardtail until they fall in love with MTB. I don't even know what a hardcore hardtail is. I don't even
1: know. <laughs> hard, hardcore if you're riding them. Marty, you are hardcore, dude. I applaud That's- you.
0: That's right. Yeah. Marty, what time is it in New Zealand right now? Let us, let us know. I'm always curious when I see you pop on here, what time it is, uh, down, down that way. Um, boys, we had a couple questions that came in for you on the uh, Instagram was wondering if we could get over into what that was. And, uh, one of them was about dropper seats. And, and the question was, how do you get older riders who are not used to having a dropper seat into a dropper seat and why even do they need a dropper seat i mean a lot of us feel like we know why but so what I, yeah out? what i
2: what i like to tell participants who come through the clinics is uh with with the dropper the default position for most people is seat up you need the default position to be seat down so you want the seat always down unless you're in a circumstance where you need to efficiently pedal for a lengthy period of time because when it's down you optimize your maneuverability on the bike and your ability to separate from the bike, to lean it into corners, to move forward and back. And the seat's not going to hinder that movement. And so if you can make a habit of just always having it down, instead of always having it up, you're going to have a better outcome.
0: Very well said, very well said. And then as far as terrain goes, like are you saying seat down pretty much any time that you're riding?
2: Well, if you don't need to, if you don't need to effectively pedal efficiently, like a long sustained XC ride or a, or a climb, if you can ride, if if you can be riding with the saddle down, you're going to be better off. Because anytime you get off the saddle, you transfer your weight down to your feet and a low center of gravity is always going to give a better benefit.
1: Yeah. Also, if
2: your, if your weight is on the seat, any, any terrain you hit is going to come through the seat and move your body weight out Mm -hmm. of your control and you want to always prevent that yeah i think an easy way to look at it is if you're out of the saddle drop the seat
0: yeah got it got it there you go that question came from uh one of the writers who i guess was trying to help some of the folks who are into the non-dropper seats and the maybe the older demographic where they're used to just having that thing there
1: yeah that question referenced somebody who was over 80
0: gotcha that's right yeah. that's right yeah. he
1: was an older rider which is rad i love hearing that he's over 80 and charging it
0: yeah that's, that's huge like
1: incredibly affordable right says- the price.
0: <laughs> please don't say mountain biking is expensive out loud my girlfriend is listening <laughs> isn't it great that we can get our bikes at walmart it's way cheaper right. than a therapist <laughs> yeah <laughs> cheaper than a therapist for sure yeah, yeah, like an <laughs> oh. like <a> antidepressant daily <laughs> another question that came in says Roger has started writing uh, Roger has just started writing again and isn't used to his dropper post. okay that was a dropper post one yep. uh, the next one is from Outdoor Climates Journal they were asking when are you guys coming to ride Bass Lake where's that Bass Lake is up above Fresno up uh, close to Yosemite okay so next year so we'll be doing
1: um we'll be going to the sram office in san luis obispo Ooh. so from there we'll head out and hit all those yeah, things we'll do a little more, so,
2: norcal swing
1: yeah we're gonna do we're gonna do a norcal swing and, and we'll get all this out soon my 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 hope is that we'll have some help getting all this out very soon that
0: that profile so yeah. outlets the yeah. the yeah the yeah <laughs> That would be, that would be very cool. I, I, there's a lot of people that want to follow and know oh, what yeah. you guys are doing. Well, and that's
1: our biggest thing is the, the exposure of the event and people understanding, and it's, you know, this one was a prime example of, I, I saw on transcend Nick posted it and there was some people that had a little bit of pushback on price, which I completely understand. And that's a tough, that's a tough issue to tackle because it's not an apples to apples comparison. And it's hard for me to say that. I don't think I'm the one to say that. But we have a decent pedigree as a writer, and there's no other program that does what we are doing. So to experience
2: the show that we bring to town, you definitely can't. You can't measure the value, but the value is there.
0: Yeah. No, that's yeah. BKXC.
2: He was. uh, Ryan
1: was in Bentonville. We made a couple videos together in Bentonville. He's a cool dude. His, his now wife is a better rider than him, though.
0: <laughs> I just saw today, actually, Brian started following the channel here, so I don't oh, know if you're listening, good. BKXC. but you're, uh, yes, from what we understand, your wife is a better rider. Yeah, What's
1: what's funny is, dude, he sent me a message a while ago, just out of the blue, on one of my bike reviews, and he said, hey, man, your stuff could be really good, but you're a horrible YouTuber. <laughs> and I, I said, thank you, dude. I, I appreciate that. I said, I, I, at some point I'll, I'll get there.
0: <laughs> you will, you are, you already are. Um, boys when, when it comes to what you're doing now, what is the, the main thing? Like when you have an audience like, like this, I'm just looking down the chats on people that are on and we have like a smattering of, of skill sets from uh, COVID writers like me, yeah. up to uh, guys that are, that are racing against the pros. Yeah. Um, What's the main thing that you that you speak to when it comes to jumping on that bike and being safe and having fun?
2: Can I take this one? Huh? You can. Okay, so what we have found uh, is that when we work with mixed groups, uh, with advanced riders and low-time riders, all of us, as we began riding, were usually in such a hurry to become good riders, we, we glossed over the fundamental things that would help us be better riders throughout the rest of our riding life. And so when we get people who are new, they're they're a blank slate. And so we can give them those fundamentals and they become much more successful. And oftentimes the more advanced riders who may have developed bad habits struggle the most with with unprogramming and changing some of the fundamental things they do to become more quickly better riders. Uh, So some of the more basic things you'd be shocked to find are the most important things that we can convey. And I think
1: some of the people that we've had the biggest impact on could be the highest level riders that we've ever seen. There's a lot mm. of people that are very proficient and they can go fast, but technically there's a lot of issues and it's incredible because you make a couple of small changes. It completely changes just as a rider and basically allows them to step into a new room to then start progressing. And it's simple, basically, if you've been riding for a long time and you're not getting better, there's
2: a problem. Yeah, you hear people talk about plateaus. That's because they're doing something fundamentally wrong. And everything we do is is based around physics and gravity. And if you're doing something that tries to defy either of those, you're going to lose. Yeah, I think it's very important that we get across to people and we do this at every clinic.
1: Our opinion only matters so much. If our opinion counters what physics and gravity says, guess what? Our opinion's wrong.
0: Makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. What are some of the things that are like the most common errors that you see when you when a writer comes to the class? Uh, riding too far back on the bike.
1: Yeah, uh, hip body position. Everybody gets too far back. Everybody's default when they get nervous is to go back, which makes sense because as as a human being, that's your fight or flight response.
2: But it's one of the worst things you can do on the bike. And on top of that, there are some organizations that will teach you to get back on the bike, which puts you in a risky position. So,
0: Wow. Meaning like for for downhill um, approaches or just how you...
2: Yeah, you want to keep your weight centralized over the bike because that's how the bike was designed to deal with your weight. You're you're a key component and your mass can be a tremendous asset or an enormous liability if
0: you don't manage
2: it effectively. I'll
1: give you a prime example, dude. If you hung out at those rock rolls on Highline, that's the worst place to see it, dude. You can see Um, it all day. Everybody rolls off those things and they're already in the back seat. If you're already back... You can't go back when you need to. Does that make sense? Back. That makes and sense. Yeah. That's so, what we see is a lot of people, they come in and they go back immediately. Wait until up, they, you
2: have to they give up that move. And then it's not there for them when they need it.
1: God. I mean, there's no better evidence than Friday fails, dude. Just watch Friday fails and the amount of people that are jerked over the bars by their arms stretched out because they're trying to ride their bike from the backseat. Doesn't work. Yeah.
0: I've seen people when they get tossed that way and it's like a catapult. They're like yeah. loaded back there and there's nowhere it loading for Loading the slingshot is what we yeah. call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's bad. It's bad. Thank God we didn't have any of those. But no, those are things that, um, so I don't want you guys to give away the all, the all the tips and things, but. Dude, we'll give it all away. Like I, <laughs> we put everything on social media. This is what it comes down
1: to, dude. Until you're there in our setting with us, I, we'd bet everything we have, you're not going to get an experience close to it. And that's fine. Like, you know, people have asked, you know, what are you using? What are you doing? I'm an open book. Like I'll literally give somebody my setup and and tell them, go for it. Like go for it. And if if you can do what we're doing, if you can give the experience we give, man, we'd love to hire you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. we, (laughs) We can help you any, whoever it is, we can help you. But if you can't get to us, we want you to benefit from what we've, what we've worked so hard to create yeah. because we want you to have a good experience on the bike. That's the, that's the goal.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. You guys, I love that. Crisco bike is actually saying here that, yeah, like you said, Nika teaches kids to stay as far back as possible. So We're going to, oh. we're going to
1: take, we're going to plead the fifth on that one. Um, it, it's, there's a lot of people out there saying a lot of different things and there's yeah. a lot of different things you can do. What we come back to is, we have a lot of experience, a lot of experience, and everything that we speak about in the clinic, we have experience on. So, for example, if somebody said, "Hey, dude, how would I ride Rampage?" I'll tell them, "I don't know. I've never done it, and I never desire to do it." And I right. think that's an important thing. And Nike is unique. Nike has a lot of. It's uh, a great program. It's a doing great, great program for a lot of, and it's kids. a lot of people volunteering. It's a lot of volunteers that are just trying to help their kids out. So. I think we're, we're working towards something that will help remedy that moving forward. But again, I think a key part of this is we didn't come into this as, oh, let's create this as a business and try to grow it as a business. We came into it, we fell into it because we're passionate about it and people asked for help. Yeah, a lot of, we, we
2: were, to the people in our communities, we seemingly rose to the top very quickly because they didn't know our history and our pedigree. And so in both of our communities, people were asking us, hey, how how do you how do you get good? How do you do this and how do you do that? And and so we talked about the fact that we were each experiencing this simultaneously. And we decided there's probably a need uh, for something like the ride series. And then it, it kind of developed over time.
0: I love it. Uh, Nick Mula saying it's like great food. Someone can tell you how good it is, but you don't really know it you until taste you it, taste baby. it. Yeah, Nick's yeah. a smart man. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. You know, I was um when it comes to the drops. We were talking about that drop video that you made, and I watched your drop video, and I've seen other people's, and there's all these different ways. But for whatever reason. I haven't been to the clinic, but it makes complete sense to me to push down and get that wheel down as quick as possible. Yeah, that- we agree. <laughs> yeah, anything,
2: anything that would prolong your arrival at the ground under control off a drop is not going to be in your best interest.
1: Now, we don't factor fun into that equation. Like if you're a good rider and, and you want to blast off something and catch a downside that's 20, 30 feet out, that's a little
2: bit different. Yeah. yeah, if you want to do a three sixty off a ten foot drop, right on. But I'm, that's not the game I'm playing.
0: Yeah, yeah. We uh, got to practice a lot of that on on the highline descent on the backside. There was a lot of different little rock sections that, oh yeah, you know, didn't seem deep enough for our bottom bracket to hit, but you know, short enough to where we can push that front wheel down and get it down. And then when they were deeper, uh, where the bottom bracket could hit, it felt like the more speed you had the better chance you had of getting that front wheel down faster because it's just, you know.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's surprising in a lot of those circumstances. You need momentum. It's your friend because if you stick a wheel and you don't have a good command of your mass, yeah. you can you can find yourself flying over the handlebars real easily. Well, Trail
1: Monster, yeah. hey, thumbs up on that $10. Awesome, buddy.
2: Thanks, Trail yeah. Monster. Mount yeah. Lemon. He bombs down
1: Mount Lemon. Mount Lemon is you can't,
2: legit. You can't be in the backseat of Mount cool. Lemon. Not going to wow. work. You're going to end up in the hospital. Yeah. Mount Lemon is legit. One of the most underrated trails, the Full Lemon Drop. I love that one. I gotta hit it at least twice a year. Mark, check this out,
1: dude. I'm I'm getting a sound block here for oh. I'm, trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to protect our mic, so we're not listening to the uh,
0: <laughs> the local band here. It's okay. It doesn't it actually doesn't sound that it awesome. it's not that intrusive on on the mic. Well, um, dude, I mean we gotta we got
1: the the wind sock on there, dude. We're trying to do it right, man.
0: There you go. That's we know awesome. bad audio
1: is not acceptable.
0: I don't know. It sounds fine. You guys are doing great. Trail Monster, thank you so much for that. For that, 10 by the way, everything that comes in here is going to go to the boys there for their gas tank while they're uh, coming down to San Diego. So, um, and pay for those coffees that they have sitting on the table there. Yeah, I'll tell you what, <laughs> you got to give me some insight on how to get all these super chats.
1: I we, yeah. we don't get any when we do ours. I, every time they pop up, I go, Oh, I forgot super about chat.
0: that. Hey, yeah. Woo. <laughs> yeah, people are giving you guys money, they love it, they love what you guys are doing, so they, they oh, support so you guys. Uh, which is great as far as any other tips go like some of the big ones maybe we can cover just a few more we're almost at an hour but we'd love to just get maybe a fundamental on cornering and then maybe a fundamental on jumping and that should cover the the vastness of the skill set we see here i'm gonna let you take cornering
2: okay uh one of the most critical things on cornering is pedal position um if you Mm -hmm. look at a description of a of a tire what it's going to describe is the center knobs are the rolling knobs and the side knobs are the turning knobs. The tire casing is round. And so, to get those turning knobs into the ground to work on your behalf, you got to lean the bike over. You, lean the bike over, you need to be able to count that lean by shifting your weight to the outside of the corner. And if you rotate the pedals so that the outside pedals down, when you place your weight on that pedal, it's literally right on top of the contact patch of the tires. And so, that's mm. That's the most effective way to create grip and stability in a corner.
0: Interesting. So I'm taking a right yeah, hand corner. Left,
2: left foot up on the inside. No, Left-hand right left hand corner. You said right hand. Left oh. Oh, You said right hand?
0: Yeah. Well, oh, so that's basically outside foot down, inside outside foot outside up foot is what you're saying. Yeah. Correct.
2: Inside foot up, always. So for, for another reason, let's come in slippery right corner with level pedals and the bike starts to wash out, what are you going to do?
0: That, uh, put stick take my foot out. Put your what?
2: inside foot down. Well, when you take that foot off the pedal, your outside foot is going to violently find its way to the bottom, and that's right. going to upset the handling on the bike. So if you haven't, if, if you're not crashing already, you probably just did. So what wow. we recommend is you set that pedal position as you enter the corner, and that way, if the bike does start to drift, you've already got that, that inside foot light and free to go down quickly. And when you do make that transition to put the foot down, you're not gonna, your pedal position is not gonna change. You're not gonna upset the handling Mm -hmm.
0: of the bike. That is awesome. That is great, that is great advice. Now, people say front tire, rear tire, in the middle of the bike, where should your weight be? In the middle of the bike. Middle, Middle of the bike, centrally. But it's very
2: important, especially when you're turning to have some weight on the front wheel. We refer to the front wheel as the wheel of influence. It it doesn't have any influence if there isn't any weight on it. Got it. Got it. So So if you look from the side, and it's a simple
1: thing to do, just and you'll see people now, you'll watch this. They get in the back, their hips start to shoot back, and they steer the bike through. You don't want to steer. Steering is turning angle. You want to lean the bike. And so what I tell people is you almost can't be too far forward. And the thousands of people that we've worked with, very few have ever been too far forward when it comes to turning.
0: Got it. Man. And there's a trick.
1: You now, you know, when you're too far forward, how, you're taking you know? grass out of your teeth.
0: <laughs> that's, a, that's a trick that you want to catch on to real quick. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, so I hear weight towards the center, but also make sure that that front tire, the wheel of influence has, oh, yeah. uh, has weight on it. Has, has weight on it. Your, your outside leg is down, and that's putting pressure on the side knobs of the wheels, so that's digging into the dirt, and uh, your inside foot is free there because it's up. It's free to come off in case you drift or, or what have yep. you, but it, you have a little more control there. Interesting, interesting. Now, does this technique happen within berms and and on like a loose, like non-berming? Let's say it's a flat surface. Does change a, a good
2: way to a good way to to consider it is if you're not leaning the bike. In other words, in a berm, if the bike is perpendicular to the ground going through the corner, then you don't need to do this because you're not even you're not even getting onto the turning knobs. You know, got the force it. is going straight down. Yeah, the berm's Damn. compensating. Yeah,
0: got it. Got it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Man. Thank you, Rob. Um, That's good stuff because there's always that, that question. No, no, no. More on the front, you know? Oh, you need to have your pedals, even pedals neutral position going in and then adjust as you're going through. But when you said, if you sketch out, you take your inside foot off, that outside foot is going to go down automatically because you're trying to re-demonstrate
2: that at our clinics, but we, we really show you how and why. And there's some nuance to that, Mark. Like you talked
1: about, should you be a robot and come into a turn, drop the outside pedal and then go through the turn? No, there's nuance to it. So if you can come into the turn and you can be dropping that outside foot down and have it all the way down at the apex of the turn, that would be
2: great. There's so, a timing element yeah, to it. Because there's definitely can, a timing element. You can use your body weight as a force multiplier to enhance – gravity's force and create more grip than would otherwise be there in a low grip turn situation. These are all Dang. things that will be covered Saturday
1: in Murrieta yes.
2: at the ride series.
0: <laughs> Copper Canyon park folks. If you guys are around Copper Canyon park. Um, so this is going to then go over to, thank you so much for that uh, wisdom on cornering. Ooh, yes, I do. Scott, get Scott. ready.
1: Scott, <laughs> so here we Scott, go. Scott, sit down get yourself comfortable. We're going to talk. Talk loopy jumps. So, here's the first thing we're going to talk about a couple things that are facts, they're not opinion. When a jump is very short and very lippy, as Scott described, the window of time to deal with the energy that's created is very small. Now, our anecdotal evidence tells us most people come in too fast. So, they come in too fast to a jump like that, and their body movement dissipates the energy. So, they come up short. And usually their remedy is go faster, bro, just send it. So now they come in faster and the whole thing gets worse. So if you look at the takeoff, whatever it is, if it's a big, long takeoff that gives you a ton of time, or if it's a short takeoff, there's a window there. And so at the ride series, we, we teach it basically two silos. There's the speed element in jumping. And then there's how much energy you create off the takeoff with your body, and so what we aim to do is get riders to create close to a hundred percent of energy, because then they can come in as slow as possible. Is this all making sense? So, yeah, that one right there. This is very important. So, jumps. All you're doing is managing energy. That's all a jump is. But the problem is, if you're a newer rider. You haven't had that experience. You need to get that experience managing the energy. So it's really hard to manage something you're not comfortable with. So what we try to tell people to do is slow down. Slow down because then you open the window of time up that you're dealing with the takeoff. Mm -hmm. The next thing I think that's important that most people, they don't understand, you can see the front wheel. So most people, they see the front wheel go off and they think the jump is over. The jump's not over until at least the rear wheel comes off. So I'll tell you this right now. Next time you go ride and you're watching people jump, watch their feet. I'll bet you everything I have that the majority of people you're watching, especially if they're newer, their toes will roll down as soon as the front wheel goes off the takeoff. Hmm. And the reason is your brain is telling you to do that. Mark, your your brain doesn't want you jumping a bike, dude. Your brain takes you jumping bike as you flying through the air on a projectile, and it's not happy, and quite frankly, it shouldn't be. And I think too many people, it totally yeah, too many people don't take that into account. Everybody just just send it. No, don't just send it. Collect data, and that's the beauty of what we do. Is we have multiple takeoffs, we have multiple landing, so we can slowly increase the distance. As you get more and more comfortable. So in any given event, you could get 25 to sometimes we've had people get 200 reps at jumping and that's nice. all
0: solid data. Nice. That's, that's great advice. Uh, Scott says yes, for sure. Trail monster with another super chat for you boys. Uh, Here we right, go. Trail monster says I'll hook you guys up on the next live stream. Rich and Rob. Hope to see you guys in Tucson, it. Phoenix, or maybe Sedona. Lemon drop one day? Question will
1: to hit you up for the lemon yeah, drop. Yeah, the lemon drop is legit, dude. I haven't done the whole thing. I've we'll only done some of Randy it. Suter and get a shovel. Yeah, it's, it's
0: legit. That that would be awesome. Scott saying uh, rad. Yes, for sure. Thank You're you, fellas. You're very welcome, Scott. You got it,
2: Scott. That, Our pleasure, buddy. Is, Thanks that for That is in.
0: Now, one of the things that uh, – last thing on the jump thing, and I know you guys got to get back on the road – um, when it comes to getting bucked, everybody's like, they'll, they'll be jumping great, they'll feel good, they'll get a buck, and then their progression will just lose some steam. And they may not know what the heck happened. Generally, what does cause somebody to get bucked? Being too far back.
2: Yeah. So what happens is you'll overload the rear, you'll underload the front, and that will cause the rear to react. And some people take that as... Their rebound was too fast. But what actually happened was they pushed the rear suspension into a much more resistant area. And that energy has to go somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and without, without sufficient force on the front of the bike to let it do its thing, it drops. The back goes up. And then you're you're along for the ride. And, and in regard to those crashes, it's very difficult. Uh, when you have a crash, and we all have them what happens then is apprehension and that's a terrible uh, that's a terrible ingredient when you're on the bike so what i suggest is you want to try to ride trails that you're very familiar with so that you can have some little victories for yourself and build your confidence back up you don't want to when you're experiencing that apprehension you don't want to take any undue risk because that's where you're going to be doing the thing that would cause you to crash again
0: and you don't want mm. that got it well said Love it. Love it. Um, one more question here as we as we pull in yes. through the time slot, if it's okay. Crisco's asking, how much do you guys stop and inspect a feature a when it's new to you?
1: A lot. Um, almost always,
0: unless I'm following him
1: or somebody that I trust. Mm-hmm. Um, there's kind of a Blue Angels code among certain riders that if, if you're a good rider, and we're on a similar level, I trust that you won't lead me into anything that's above my pay grade. But in Bentonville, and actually this comes from a lot of big bike parks, pre ride, re ride, and free ride. So yeah, I would tell everybody stop and look. There's no harm ever in stopping and looking at a feature that you're not comfortable. Be look. safe, don't be
0: sorry. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Man, and on closing, air blair at a Laguna Beach. Yeah. Is yeah, you are
2: right, truer words never spoken right there.
1: Yeah, and that's that's us, man. I, I I always yearn to have that opportunity to ride with higher level people. That's why I love spending time with him in Phoenix. Where he rides at South Mountain, I don't have any of that terrain in Bentonville. So when I come here and ride in Phoenix and Sedona, I love that because it allows me to be more engaged and it allows me to be, become a better rider. Well, and that's and
2: being able to improve and see the improvement for me is just so fantastic with the bike at 50 years old to be able to be doing something like this and still improving is is just very very fulfilling
0: loving loving it love the bikes love everything that it brings to the community what you guys bring to the community you guys are so awesome for reaching back and giving back your experiences and helping different types of people get out there and enjoy the bike safely. I love the ride series, what you guys are doing. Um, tell everybody where they can find you guys if they want to follow you or join yeah. one of these clinics.
1: Yeah, it's rideseriesmtb.com and we're, we're going to grow a little more next year. We're going to try to be better from a marketing perspective. So we have a schedule out, and we give people the opportunity. We'd love to see as many people as we can in person, but those that we can't, I have a YouTube channel called Rich Drew. I'm not a great YouTuber. I'm okay saying that. We're we're trying to get better, and I'm I'm trying to get Rob more involved. Because yeah, I have
2: a I have a YouTube unique. channel also, Robert Drew. You're, but I don't. Don't, I don't even worry about his. We're just going to absorb him. <laughs> we're we're going to absorb Rob into the Rich
1: Drew channel and change the name to the Drew Brothers. Um, Instagram is great, too. We do a lot of stuff on Instagram. I'm at the Rich Drew. He's at the Rob Drew. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. We're open that's- books, man. You know, ask a question. What I love about Instagram, especially any YouTube is that direct message. Yeah. You know, I, I try to answer as many as I can, because it's not that difficult. Like I had somebody ask and, and hopefully he's watching. So I'll answer this question. Yeah. yeah, how I'm liking the new Y T Izzo. This is T Gilmore seventy-seven, loving, not liking, loving the Izzo. It's rad, and he says he sticks one. Should he get an XL? I think you should get an XL without a doubt. No. Nice. So yeah, that sort of thing. I we love that stuff. Send it all day long.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, guys, send it up to these guys. Um, follow them on their on their channels and where they will be when they absorb into the one main channel um thank you so much for everything you guys do for the mountain of bike course, community yeah. thank you so much for, for having on us, the show. Yeah, you're you're having us oh, we've been, been excited good.
1: the whole ride we're like where where are we stop we got to find a good starbucks <laughs>
0: and now there's a really great
1: deli right down the street that we're going to go eat at and make our way to san clemente
0: there we go love- and then we'll be at the yt
1: mill tomorrow so follow yes. along on the instagram we might go live if they allow us to
0: Yeah. If you guys are there, if anyone's around the YT mill tomorrow, you might see the two, the two boys jumping in there. Um, Before, before we let you go, what, what couple words would each of you boys like to share what mountain biking means to you and to this community?
2: For me, I would just say it's literally been a new lease on life. Um, My moto career ended with a traumatic brain injury. And so for anybody else who's struggling with, with something like that, Uh, it's, it's, it's stressful and it's depressing and the bike literally, uh, is, is my medicine. Uh, you know, I ride, I ride the bike as many days a week as I can and it, it gives me something that I never thought I would be able to replace when my motocross career ended and it's, it's been as good or better for me and I don't see an end to it. So it's, it's just, it's, it's a thrill every time.
0: Wow. Love it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a similar thing for me. You know, I, I I became a pro mountain bike rider at 38. Um, It just wasn't something I I ever expected, but to have the opportunity to just share positivity, to have a platform to try to be as positive and motivating and helpful as possible. It's just, it's amazing. You know, it's such a rad community and to be able to do it with, with this guy here, um, you know, we're not young dudes. He's 50. I'm 43. It's, it's awesome you know like it's it's a community it's an endeavor it's a sport it's a lifestyle it's something that you know we we had the question earlier that gentleman was 83
0: years old I think 83 years old riding a bike
2: I only hope yeah that I'm still doing it then
0: yeah that is very cool that is very cool well boys thank you so much for all you do drive safe Laker. coming all the way down close here Laker. look forward to seeing what you guys are going to do for yeah, the dude, future. If you can make it come on yeah, out.
1: Copper by. Canyon yeah, close we'll by. We'll be there yelling, just having fun, jumping bikes.
0: That'll be awesome right by my house. I'm going to try to get there boys. Yeah. <laughs> all yeah. right everybody, thank you all so much for jumping on and yeah, remember find everybody. something it's you love to do. Thank you everybody. Be passionate about it, work hard at it and all your hard work will always pay off. All right guys. Have a great night everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Senders for listening to this episode of the segment podcast and big. Thank you to Rob and rich drew for stopping on your trip down here to Southern California to join me on the podcast. I really appreciated my time with you guys. I love what you guys are doing for the mountain biking community. Folks, for those of you who are listening, if you do want to take a look at where these brothers will be, take a look at the Ride Series MTB Skills Clinic and see if they're going to be in an area near you. You can definitely get on that website and uh, go ahead and sign up for an event if they're going to be in an area near you. Guaranteed, you won't be disappointed. A money-back guarantee and they have not given any money back to anybody so the skills that you'll learn from these guys in the event there will be definitely memorable thank you again to the supporters of the segment podcast thank you to YT industries thank you to Tasco. thank you to spy optic and thank you to kapu coffee folks in life in mountain biking whatever you do find yourself doing something that you're passionate about work hard at it and you know all of your hard work will always pay off. Look forward to seeing you all out on the trails until the next episode.